nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Like, energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Uh, Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like he got a little No, my, my uh, camera's broke. What is going on, everybody? Happy opening weekend kickoff. Oh, you can't get enough. Opening weekend, no feeling like it. Optimism for every team around the damn NFL, unless you're an Arizona Cardinal fan. Let's be honest, then there's no optimism there at all because uh, your franchise has ran into the ground by uh, many, many people. So... Everybody with high hopes, everybody running around like a hopeful besides Cardinals fans, but we're here to talk Buccaneer football. That's what we do best. We're the Bucketeers podcast. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, and more right now. You can keep up with us on Twitter today at Bucketeers. Keep up with us on Instagram at Bucketeers Pod. And you can keep up with the program on YouTube, Google, um, Spotify, and so much more at Bucketeers podcast i'm your host tampa tones we got a great show for tonight we already got people joining in the comments bucks raise bolts jimmy bernard will get to you shortly here thanks so much as you people always make the show we love that we got special guest of the program and listener of the program friend of the program anything you want to call him jeremy joining us we'll bring him in here shortly we got a lot of the bucketeers on deck for tonight walking the plank and then we got the man, the myth, the legend himself, the one that the millions and millions and millions are here for. <laughs> he's got a new gig, but he's the same great guy. SI Game Day Zone, Bucks Game Day Zone, I should say. Formerly of the beloved Pewter Report, but on to greener pastures. But really, still bringing you that same great Bucks coverage we're all used to him bringing. The man himself, going to let him take over now, but a hell of a guy doing his thing. And really, if you're not following Bucks game day and J.C. Allen at this point, you're just missing out. J.C., how the hell are you? Congrats on doing your new thing, brother. It's been an honor to keep up with you all along your journey. But so far, I've been uh, liking the heat you've been putting out at Bucks game day, brother. Welcome in. Absolutely happy to be here as always. Chop it up with you fellas. Yeah, man, it, it came together quickly, but um, you know, I'm excited to be over there. Obviously, I have so much respect for everyone at Pewter Report. Uh, Scott Reynolds, Maddie Matera, Bailey, Josh Capo, Sly, um, you know, Mr. Bucks Nation, James Hill, everyone who was there uh before. Um, you know, obviously John Ledyard, huge, uh, you know, um inspiration and, and mentor of mine so uh but you know i felt it was time to make a move um bucks game day is doing some great things right now they're powered by sports illustrated um everyone knows that name it doesn't matter if you're a football fan sports fan or not you know the name sports illustrated so it's a heck of a platform to be joining 
um, kind of reinvigorated a little bit. Uh, I've been nonstop putting out content. I've got some weekly pieces that are just going to be appointment reading that I'm, I'm really excited to get to that. You know, it's kind of taken, you know, rightfully so, you know, Scott's been there for 28 years and he had these things, but trying to build up my own following here and my own appointment reading. And I've got, you know, my extra point that will come out every Monday, uh, this week, cause there was no game week. Uh, I recap my bucks superlatives. Who's going to win what award often. Yeah. I can't wait, JC, to keep uh, digging into your stuff, brother. It's been incredible to dig in so far a little bit here on your beginning of your new chapter, and I know you're going to keep killing it throughout, brother, so we can't wait. As well as to be scouting the name, kind of what's the history between the two teams, what do they look like last year, this year, players to watch out for. Today was keys to cannon fire. That's going to be my keys to victory what the Bucks need to do to put the victory. So those those three things will be uh, coming out weekly. Uh, might be launching a mailbag here on Tuesdays as well. Uh, kind of get that in work. And, and we'll be getting a podcast up and running soon. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to take the lead on some of these things um, and kind of really help this, this brand grow. The numbers they're doing are fantastic um, because they have that national – um, they have that national brand behind them. So it, it's it's been awesome. Uh, this short week, it's only been a week really since uh, it's been official, not even a week since I announced it yet, um, but it's been pedal to the metal, and I, I'm excited to join such a stellar staff over there and be able to give Bucks. You know, that's what I aim for is to give you guys, Bucks fans, the best content I can. So as long as I'm holding up to my end of the bargain, I feel good about it, and, and hopefully you guys are enjoying everything I'm putting out and have been putting out over the past couple of years. Yeah, we've been uh, enjoying it all, brother. I remember a couple of years back, I'd have you on Friday nights, and you'd be doing the audible with Joshua Cole Allen on Bucks Report. Then you wiggled your way into Pewter Report. Now you're here at Bucks Game Day. You keep moving up the food chain, as Jimmy Bernard says. Salute, Bucks Nation. Can't wait until Sunday. Uh, Bucks Rays Bolts is a a lot of Mike Evans comments, but Kenny Barrett with the good one says, J.C. Allen getting around more than a Kardashian in the NBA. <laughs> J.C., I was going to bring that up quick, my man. You've been putting in the work today alone. I've seen you think a couple podcasts now. Was that all today? Was that spread out a little bit? If it's today, my man, you need to get some sleep after this, get a whiskey in you maybe, get a little bourbon, and uh, hit, hit the shut-eye because you've been busting your tail. Yeah, it's been Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I've been jumping on podcasts. Wednesday, I had uh, Bucks Germany, which was fun. Uh, I read, so they put the caption up there all in German. I don't understand it. So I go to translate the post, and they're like, they're like for our non-English speakers, he talks a little fast like a waterfall. I'm like, do I really talk fast? And then I listen to him. Oh, like, my I, God. I go a mile a minute. Oh. <laughs> so that was fun, but it was a lot of fun doing that. They've got a big following over there. I'm excited to bring anything I can to them and, and kind of, yeah, I love seeing the sport grow nationally. Um, I wish they'd bring back NFL Europe. Um, but then I did the Norse code with Arif Hassan, who he's an excellent writer, excellent podcaster. It, it, it's, it's, he's does a really great job. Uh, so it was exciting to join him. We talked for over an hour. Um, then I did another Vikings podcast today on my lunch break. Uh, I popped in loose cannons for a little bit today. And now I'm here with you. Um, any, anytime I can get, um, in front of a camera or, or some audio, I'm going to do it. I just, uh, myself out a little bit and kind of build my following, build my, um, you know, just, it's great experience too. The more you do something, the better you get out. I got to make sure I'm brushed up on my skills. I'll be doing, um, 
next week I'll be doing Adam Rank's podcast for the Bears, which is going to be really cool. Oh wow! Uh, you know he he's uh, with the NFL Network, so that's going to be a fun yeah, he's one. Big time fantasy. Um, he's a big time fantasy guy over there. Yep. So I'll be doing his podcast, a couple of radio hits, and anyone else will. Have, I think I've got two other podcast lineup so yeah i'm i'm going i'm i'm out i'm everywhere i'll be everywhere you'll see me tweeting them out uh, as well as my content so uh plenty of driving listening for you guys to do if you want to listen to my voice for an hour hey and, uh, kb we know you're coming from the heart he says he meant that as a compliment yes sir we love all the work jc is doing big advocates of jc here and uh he keeps doing more and more as you can listen in with Adam Rank and other podcasts in the near future. So incredible stuff, JC. Can't wait to dig and, in more about your journey. And I'll be on WDAE too, 7.30 a.m. on Monday mornings at WDAE. So Will that be a locked-in uh, thing with Pat and Aaron for the year? Yep. Yep, for the season I'll be in there doing uh, doing Monday hits for the season at 7.30, yep. And that's my favorite personal show WDAE has to offer. I love all those guys, but Pat Donovan and Aaron Jacobson, uh, they're the best, man. I love those two. Yeah, and you, obviously. Great. You're a good guy, too. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're great. I've actually – I subbed in for um, uh, Aaron before, and that was that was, that was a lot of fun uh, being in there with Pat uh, in the old studio, waiting for an invite for the new studio. It's kind of hard uh, for me to get there because it's so early in the morning. I got work to do as well a day job you know i'm not 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 making the bank yet where i can do this full time but if that ever happens if you think my content now is off the charts wait till wait till that full thing ever pops up in front of me i'm, I'm gonna be boss of the wall so you're saying you actually have a life outside of uh all this fun stuff we always do who would have thought that um <laughs> and as we tiptoe around now, we're going to get into more of JC's journey throughout the program. So very excited <laughs> to keep hearing about that. Jeremy, J-Lo, how you doing, brother? Uh, at least you're at the comfort of your home. Usually you might be joining us and sometimes you got scrubs on. Sometimes you got other other fun stuff going on. Glad you're able to be home on this Friday night, brother, and honored to have you here. Thanks for joining no, nah, man, appreciate it. I'm ecstatic, man. Every time I get invited, of course, I'll jump on there. JC, congrats, man. You're moving up, man. You're, you're, I'm telling you, keep, keep following your passion. You're going to be right there, bro. You got my support. You got Tone's support. We're all here for you, brother. I'm proud of you. I enjoy all your content. Thank you for all the updates you give us. Because believe me, yes, I'll be one of the first ones on Twitter or S, whatever it's called. To see your post every single time, but I'm ecstatic, right. man. It's, it's going to be a fun season. Keyword: fun season. Not bad. Right. Not tanking. Mm -hmm. Cut the bullshit. For my French, it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. I can't wait for it. it. It gives me vibes of an old Buck season. And don't get me wrong, I hate when people twist it into a pretzel the wrong way. I've loved every fucking minute of the past three seasons we've spent watching this beautiful team but at the end of the day something i miss about waking up being the underdog and smelling the coffee week in and week out that's what we're used to as bucks fans that's what we know best we put our nose in the dirt and we just wake up and we root our asses off and we we watch bucks ball and uh the past couple of years has been a little different because we've been winning and uh so much media centered around tom brady it's been incredible to witness but it's definitely going to be different this year stadium looks different they took out 
the crow's nest and uh, a lot of other things are going on around the stadium speaking of stadium we got some bucketeers on hand season ticket all the stun is in the house and uh Stunna, not this week, home opener, brother. You said uh, you're not getting to see a game in Ray J this week. Are you excited you could sit on your hands until uh, Bears come to town? No, it's, um, you know, we got eight, eight road games, eight home games. So we just take the season as it comes and just excited that the Buccaneers are back at it. We're starting the season off on the road. Yeah, that's for sure. And we also have Huncha in the house. Speaking of on the road, Huncha is oh, always yeah. on the road. How the hell are we feeling, brother? Up, Happy up, Friday. Up, Cheers up, from afar. Cheers from afar. What's up? What's up? It's Friday night, man. What's going on, man? The Stella's going down pretty uh, good. I just want to say um, congratulations to JC also for being on top of his job, you know, asking the real questions, you know, the good questions, the hard questions, you know, and, um, Congratulations on your your future endeavors and moving up in the ranks. And, yeah, just keep doing your thing, brother. I'm happy, and I'm following behind you the whole way. Appreciate yeah. You See, I, hold on. Let me change the title quick to JC Love Fest for this podcast. Hold on. I'm, all right. <laughs> Changing it. It's uh, cemented in now. No, just kidding. Obviously, we're all big. J- oh, boy. Oh, geez. Yes. Oh, but we now got, it might we got be. We oh, might, it might be party over. We got Bucko the Bruce in the house. Bucko, how the hell are you doing? I, I actually had a kid fall down the stairs tonight. Oh, dude, dead ass at nine oh nine. I'm getting ready to come in here. My my son decided to slide down the stairs on his ass, and it didn't work like he thought it would. And he 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 ate it. Uh, he's good though. Oh, I think he's good. What's up, gentlemen? Let's go. Don't let me fuck up a good time. Hey, I'm How just glad it? you weren't the one falling down the stairs. Because oh, I'd be dead. I've been there before, and that shit's dangerous, man. The older yeah. you get, the more dangerous those puppies get, let me tell you. No, he's six. He's, he's good. Let's rock, though. What's the topic of conversation? I don't want to yeah, impede. Right we just had a comment come up real quick, so we'll talk about it. Uh, still no Evans deal. Um, JC, we'll start with you, obviously, on that, is you're what they call the expert. The what insider. What's going on with Mike Evans? And um, obviously, a lot of Bucks fans are still hopeful at the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I wrote about this um, when this for all first came out. The likely scenario was that they weren't going to reach a contract. Uh, reports came out from Diana Rossini that I can that I've confirmed too as well. That the Bucks are not going to giving Mike Evans a contract extension before him September 9th tomorrow uh, deadline. And he's going to put the contract, uh, and then they may revisit terms uh, before free agency starts. But the most likely scenario here is that he will go test the free agent waters. Uh, the Bucks have done this the last two seasons uh, with Leonard Fournette. They did it with. Uh, Carlton Davis both came back on deal. Levant, um, Levante Davis. Market it wasn't as strong as they wanted. Last year they did the same thing with Levante Davis and Jamel Dean. Uh, the market wasn't as strong. Dean was a little bit different because he really just wanted to be here. Coles is like a father figure to him. Uh, he's from Cocoa Beach, which is right across right across that, down I four. Uh, across the other side of the state. So he really didn't want to go anywhere else as much. But still, Mark McBean was offered more money to sign for. Um, but he wanted to stay here. So they'll do the 
the same thing likely with Mike Evans and say, go test the market. You know, if, if those numbers are there, if you can get Cooper Cup money at the age of 31, uh, you know, we wish you nothing but the best. Congratulations. That's amazing money. But there's too many young players that are coming up for deals that they need to re-sign. Um, you know, you've got Antoine Winfield Jr. in the last year of his contract, Evan White in the last year of his contract. Um, you also have other guys that are going to be coming up as well. Uh, Trisha Worth. He's playing on his fifth-year option, but really with Tristan, that fifth-year option because he's made a Pro Bowl and an All-Pro, I think it's going to be around $18 million for his cap hit. So they're going to want to extend him um, as well to lower that deal, and he's probably going to reset the market at tackle. Um, so they, yeah. they've got so much money they've got to spend. That doesn't include free agents this year, Ryan Neal. Um, if they want to on him, that else doesn't include – Chris Godwin, who's up after 2024, and then also doesn't include a faker balls out this year, and they, and they want to keep him, sign him to a big contract. So, you know, they're going to let Mike test the open waters. If he can find what he's looking for, more power to him. Thank you for your time here. It happens to the best of them. Tom Brady is one of them. Uh, you know, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, the list goes T.O., the list, Randy Moss, the list goes on and on of players, top wide receivers, top quarterbacks that have finished their career with another team. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's it is a business. But if you can't find that, and the Bucks are offering something similar to what another team is, I highly, I, I, I think that he would come back to the Bucks. If the Bucks are offering the same thing another team is, I think he comes back to Tampa Bay. Uh, but that's all going to play out throughout the season. Things are so fluid and can change. I don't think they'll come to terms during the season, but you never know. There might be a situation where Mike is on fire this year, um, and they're like, hey, you know. Uh, we we're offering points. We'll bump it up to 20, 23 and a half, you know, and we'll guarantee 65% of that. Does that work? I doubt that's going to happen, um, but you really never know because um, these things can change. They're so fluid. But the likely scenario is Mike plays out the season. He's motivated. He's hungry. We've heard him say multiple times, I've never been this wide open before. As long as Baker can get the job done, the O line can hold up and he can stay healthy. You should be in for another thousand yard season. That's just at 31 going into his year 31. I don't know, especially with Cooper Cup, you know, with, with the injury to Cooper Cup, he might be going on injured reserve now and miss at least four games. Um, teams are hesitant to pay big money contracts at 31 year old wide receivers. So we'll see how it plays out, but expect him to play, expect him to play hard this year and, and work towards, you know, getting the payday that he's looking for. I just don't know if it's out there. Yeah, Bucketeers, take the floor in a second. I just want to add this in as well. And uh, you mentioned some great names, JC, that the Bucks have let this happen to before. Try free agency and see what happens. And I just want to say a lot of people are mistaken. Not Don't get me wrong, not saying Mike Evans hasn't helped out with, quote-unquote, moving money around to the front end of his deal and signing bonuses and restructures and whatnot. But he's still getting all of his money it's not like the bucks are giving him less money or have given him less money in years past the true example of a guy who put the team first and foremost has been levante david um and and he really did that this past offseason when he could have had more money somewhere else and he did elect to come back to tampa for a multitude of reasons it seems so uh we all love mike evans and um i'm really hoping we could meet in the middle because uh, it's a business and it's not about what you did in the past. It's about what you could bring to the forefront for the team in the future. And at the end of the day, as much as I want Mike here for life, 
I think he's got to be realistic as much as the front office has to be realistic. And they really just have to meet somewhere in the middle. It's a little ridiculous to think he would get paid somewhere around $27, $28 million a year. My ideal scenario would be pay him 20 to 21 base with possible incentives built in and see what happens for his performance because he's not a spring chicken anymore at the end of the day either. And as much as I love Mike Williams, We've seen some great vet or Mike Evans. I'm sorry, Mike I'm Williams. Saying, what? Well, he, he's coming up next. <laughs> I love Mike Williams too. But as much as I love Mike Evans, we've seen some veterans um, really just play out of their age the past couple of seasons, such as an Allen Robinson and uh, a couple other guys out there as well. New Hopkins cooled off a little bit last season. Some of these veterans who have gotten those big paydays really – kind of stop performing as we are talking about the Mike Evans contract here. So I hope he gets his payday. I hope it's in Tampa, but I hope he gets a little more realistic about it. Bucketeers take the floor. Bucko, we'll start with you. What say you about the Mike Evans? Before we hop into the Mike Williams tragic situation, let's talk about the Mike Evans. What say you? Well, I hate that he turned his camera off right before I say this, but I wanted to give props to JC and his palatial studio he had going on over there. I mean, I know he's proud of it, but uh, looking good over there, JC, you know, a face for radio, but a studio professional. (laughs) I love it. But no, I think y'all hit on some great points. (laughs) I think y'all hit on some great points. And the thing that we really need to realize is case in point, the position of the football team. The position of the football team is not such where where Mike Evans away from contending. You're 31. Yeah, Grant. This year, I don't doubt that he's going to ball and do what Mike Evans or Mike Evans does. But you're still going to be 10 years in, 31 years old, turning 32 at the start of next season. Who is going to put up the kind of money he's asking for? Now, granted, JC may be more uh, able to speak to this than I, but I was told he wanted that Cooper Cup or north of Cooper Cup. And I guarantee you, no one's going to pay him $25 million. So the door isn't closed that he's done in Tampa. The door is closed that we're not extending him before his deadline tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So he's going to go out and ball. He's going to play. Let him test the market. And I guarantee you, if it's a comparable number to what we've already offered him, which I bet you we've offered him something, he's coming back. And we're not, like, what did Goblin get? Three years, 60? Uh, 40 guaranteed, yep. something like something like that. I could see for Evans, and he finishes his career here, and you know this is a moot point. But at the time, it's being discussed because there's really not a lot of fodder going on. And credit to the league, a lot of guys are not getting arrested. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of stories to talk about. So this Mike Evans thing is becoming blown up. I don't think it's a real issue. I don't think he's going to get the money. He's his agent is stating that he wants. I don't think that there's a worry. Uh, and I don't think he's going to like tank this year or not ball this year. So at this point, it's, it's a moot discussion. Um, let, let's just let's just see how this season progresses before we even engage in those talks. Would be my take on. It. Yeah, Jeremy. And the Tim Barrett restructuring kind of signaled that as well. They restructured Jack because they needed to open up money after the season, signed them for practice squad, veterans, and like that. Once that move, move was made official, and it had to be Wednesday because those of the top 50 came in and had to sign their practice squad. You knew that. You knew that. JC, something. your mic is going in and out, brother. Um, for, the, 
for the Shaq Barrett thing, JC, your mic was going in and out a little bit. Could you uh, try and reiterate that one more time? Can you now? A little bit. It's still a little robotic. Yeah, yeah, take a second and do what you got to do. Jeremy, you're the one wearing the Evans jersey uh, while JC is uh, getting straight over there. What say you? It's a business. Straight up, it's a business. I love Mike. He's my favorite player on the Bucks. I'm pretty sure he's many favorites, you know, around Tampa. What he does, but it's a business. You got to think. Tristan, Anton, and many others. Devin White, which I don't care for. We're not going to get into it. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And the fact that I came to come to conclusion to is that the Bucks are not going to be able to They'd be able to pay Chris Godwin and Mike Evans over twenty million each in the next coming seasons. I want Mike here. I want him to retire. I and I'm pretty confident in the front office. At the end of the day, Mike may know he wants to be here for life. The team wants him to be here for life, but we gotta go through the season and see what happens. And fans have gotta be understanding and let it play out. The fact that Mike's not being a diva like some of the other receivers or any other player in the NFL, he's going out there about his business, going out there practicing, don't want to be a distraction. He's a class act. Mm-hmm. How can you not respect that? Respect the fact that he's out there practicing and wants to help win football games. Mm-hmm. By far, yes, Mike deserves the bag. But at the same time, though, we got to pay other players, too. So the fact is, I feel that the agent is trying to get as much money as possible before Mike commits. Leverage. I I truly feel as a fan that maybe not now, but at the end of the year, depending on how we do, Mike will be a buck for life and he'll retire a buck. I feel like he wants to help this team win. I mean, the guy threw his helmet during the Super Bowl and gave away like nothing because he won. He does not care. Can you imagine catching that Mike Evans helmet? Jaden Mickens Super Bowl helmet alone sold for like five thousand dollars. I wouldn't even sell it. I would just put it up. Well, I wouldn't sell it, but what I'm saying is could you imagine what the Evans helmet could get money wise? Because Jaden Mickens got five thousand. No, exactly. But the fact that Mike said took his helmet off, threw it to the fans, he loves it here. He's probably the only player besides a few other players, legends, that took the time to sign autographs, take pictures. He's a and Hunch, Hunch knows all about that. Hunch, you got his gloves firsthand, didn't you? Oh, yeah, 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 most definitely. Mike is one of my favorite players, if my, just my best, my favorite player in Bucks history, so... Yeah, I, I'm like super torn about the whole situation and what's going on. But um, if you know the books, I mean, I feel like they'll find a way to work out a uh, a deal or something. Like you guys been saying, I don't think it's going to be an enormous contract. It'll be something probably that fits the bill for him and what he's done. And like, let's be realistic about everything. You're getting up there. You're older. You know, I don't think nobody's going to pay you top dollar for the play. You know what I'm saying? Give us a chance just to test free agency if he does, and we can match their dollar amount, you know. But I had a question for JC. I wanted to um, just get his opinion about it. 
and um wonder if do you think Trey Palmer and the young uh wide receivers how they coming up uh is it delaying the process or does it play a role in what's going on right now with Mike Evans yes no, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it just comes down to a dollars and cents type deal. I, I just I don't think they want to commit the type of money that his agent put out there asking for um, right. in that in that piece um, that uh, Rick Stroud wrote um, breaking that news. Right. I don't think they're willing to pay the Cooper Cup money, that 25, 26, 27 million dollars a year. I think if Mike was asking for 20, I think this would have already been done. Maybe 21. Right. We'd be talking about an extension, but they're excited about these young guys, but they're still unproven as of right now. Um, and and, and they, none of them can fill Mike's role either. None right. of them can fill Mike's role. Right. There's yeah. no one that can do what he can do. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, this, uh, one more thing. I can't really, who's trying to talk? It sounds like a bunch of uh, bandbox going on in the background there. Um, Hunch, was that you? Oh, yeah, I was trying to say. I don't know what was going on over there, but yeah, I was just saying. I think you were wrestling with yourself in the dark. I think you were uh, trying to pull the uh, RKO. I'm just doing like three things right now, man. I ain't going to even hold you. Like, I'm doing <laughs> things right now, but I'm still. Are, are, are you driving Uber during the pod again, Killer? Listen, you know I got to get this Uber money, man. Uh, I wish I was with you right now. That's all I could say. But uh, soon enough, brother. What two weeks, three weeks? I'll be out there, and uh, we'll yeah. be having a grand old time. I'm sure we'll be uh having a couple good ones, doing a couple good things together, brother. Can't wait for that. But Stunna, season ticket holder perspective. Before we get off the Mike Evans train, because honestly, I'm just ready for football. A little tired of hearing about it, talking about these Evans contracts. As much as I love him, it's like man. I mean, people are threatening to not be fans. We've seen Derek Brooks get cut from this franchise before. We've seen uh, Warren Sapp get moved on from. We've seen a lot of people, a lot of great people, leave this organization before. And uh, it sucks. It would sting as Mike Evans left. But, Stunna, you being a season ticket holder, has that really affected your uh, status of season tickets or your standing of uh, heading to Ray J each and every Sunday when we have a home game. Uh, no, not at all. You 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 root for the team. You root for the city. You know, being a Bucks fan is a is a unique experience. But um, you know, I do think the Bucks made a mistake. They should just give him a one year extension, uh, so he's not a lame duck season. If you were going to kick it down the road and not meet the um, the deadline of the 8th or the ninth. I don't remember which one it was. But, um, yeah, they should have just extended him a year and, and just kick it down the road so he's not a lame duck and you don't have any negativity going into the year. Uh, but I think that we should have learned our lesson, like you mentioned, with the Sap, the Brooks, the Lynch, and the way we treated those guys at the end of their careers. Yeah, some of those guys have came to sad endings. Brooks never made it elsewhere, not made it elsewhere, but he just didn't feel like playing elsewhere. And then Sapp eh, in Oakland, he did okay. And uh, Lynch did really good in Denver. So hopefully we retain Mike. And Jimmy says if the Bucks don't sign Mike, do you think the team is rebuilding? I don't think that's the case at all, Jimmy, because uh, it's just a lot of people in the next year or two that'll 
be coming out of contract or uh, needing a contract, I should say. Uh, remember Mike Evans throw football away to fans? Yep, that guy got the five minutes of fame from catching the Mike yeah. Evans, Tom Brady. Yeah. $100 a ball, too, that he's got to pay out of his pocket, too. Yeah. Anyway, the, thing, the thing that's angering me, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to jump in, but Go ahead, the, thing that's, the thing that's angering me is a lot of people are not grasping and understanding the fact that we really sold the damn farm for those Super Bowl years. We had to do what we had to do. A lot of voided years on contracts, a lot of dead money, a lot of situational, you know, organizational things that are really out of our control. And we got the ultimate goal. We got the Super Bowl. It should have been two, but, you know, Todd Bowles in a zero bliss and left Cooper Cup wide open. Either way, um, we're going to go on from that. We have a lot of issues. We cannot, in the situation that we're in, Invest over $20 million in two receivers over 30. That, as an organizational standpoint, is a terrible decision. It's not going to help us progress going forward. You and I, Tones, have had this conversation of how much we don't want to have this feast or famine organization where we get a Super Bowl, then it's 18 years of sucking, then we get a Super Bowl. We want, we want sustainable, consistent success. Paying a guy like Mike Evans, who's a great guy, one of the greatest Buccaneers ever, Paying him over market value because he means so much to the city and the fans is an organizational suicide decision. I, I don't agree with it, and I wish fans would take that perspective instead of, oh, I love Mike. I love Mike, too, but I'm a fan of the name on the front, not the name on the back. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to leave it there. I love Mike as much as the next guy. Probably my, well, top I mean, there's been so many great franchise players. I'd say he's top three, four of mine in franchise history. And uh, that ain't easy to do. You know, you got Elstott, you got Brooks. Those are easily my top two. I don't think anyone will ever top Elstott or Brooks for me. But outside of that, I'd put Mike Evans right up there. But I'm understanding of this is a business. I've coached baseball before. Obviously, no money involved at the high school level. As the godfather joins on Facebook, how the hell we doing? Love you, Godfather. Thanks for chiming in. But, um, you know, this is a business. At the end of the day, I had to make tough calls as a coach. Uh, front offices have to make tough calls, too. And uh, you just want to see your team win. People don't understand that. Unless you're, you know, a half-assed franchise, such as one that tanks year in and year out, maybe like Arizona. But even them, all these guys are fighting for their jobs on a yearly basis. They're all trying to do what's best for the franchise, in their opinion. They get hired to do a job. It's not like these guys don't want to keep Mike Evans around. They just want to do it at a reasonable level. So we'll see if that ends up happening or not. But um, we do have another receiver on our eyes, on our mind. As uh, Bucks Rays Bolt says, do we? no, we're not going to trade Evans before the deadline. J.C. Allen did come out with a good article, though. If we did, the landing spots, his possible landing spots, but – um. We're not going to trade him, but real quick, JC, in 30 seconds, landing spots for Mike Evans before we move on, if we did decide to move him. Yeah, I think you look around the league, there's, there's a couple of guys, contenders, the Chiefs, the Lions, um, and uh, who was the other one I had? Uh, the Chiefs and the Lions are the two biggest ones right there as far as contenders. Guys, teams are on the cusp that have cap space. The Browns, the Pats kind of put them over as well. Um, you got teams who have got up in Houston. I wouldn't, you know, I think Mike wants to win now, but if he wants to get paid, Houston is close to home. That could be a situation too, but I, I really don't think the bucks are going to trade him at all. It's just, just, I mean, 
they'll let him play out. If they trade him, it's less likely they can sign, they can let him test the market and bring him back to free agency. So it's out of the question. They're not going to trade him. They're going to let him roll out. He's going to be a pivotal part of this season, um, and, and they'll reassess after after the season. And no offense, JC, I love T. Kranz, Tom Kranz, Nikki, but uh, I think he isn't really assessing the trade market properly on a guy like Mike Evans either. I've heard him say on WDAE he thinks the Bucks could net a first and a third. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Bucks would be lucky if they could even net two-thirds for Mike, and it's not against Mike, but we see it time and time again, these older wide receivers who are entering their free agent year who are going to be expected big paydays. They're not going to – and right on tune, we get a question, what draft capital can we get? I think we'd get like two-thirds, a, a similar return to what the Dolphins got for Brandon Marshall almost a decade back when they traded him to the Bears. That. I don't even think that because do a contract. You look at the Julio Jones is the most recent one to judge it off. They got a two and a six. Mike Evans is in a contract year. Julio was locked up for three more years. I, I think you're probably looking at a fourth round pick at bat, maybe a fourth and a six, fourth and a five, four and a five. Maybe if there's a bidding market, maybe a late third from one of these Super Bowl contenders like the Chiefs or or like the um, you know potentially the the Lions if they're for real. Uh, I can't think of the third team that I had as a contender that could trade for him. Cowboys could be in it. Um, you know, but like they all have the cap space. That's what you look for, right? You didn't. Have, you didn't have Green Bay, did you? I didn't have Green Bay. I seen it's somebody up, float him around, but you know, who who has a cap space to absorb his fourteen and a half million dollar contract? Because then you can extend and open up more cap space. So there's only a few teams, handful of teams that really had the availability to, to trade for him um, that he would probably want to go to that are contenders. Yeah, I don't think that's happened. I don't think it makes sense for the Bucks and for the team trading for him. You know, you're not guaranteed to re-sign him. You're going to trade high capital for oh, a rental. You know, the Jets. Jets, the other team that I that I think would make sense. You know, if they want to yeah. pair him with Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, Especially with Corey Davis retiring. Right, they got all that cap space opened up. So if they're really going to, you know, go for it like the Bucks did. And bringing all these guys, but again, the Bucks aren't trading for him, and I don't think the Bucks are going to trade him if he's got like four, you know, four like a like a fourth round pick. You're going to get a fifth round if he walks because he's in his tenth year, so not like you're getting a third round for him anyway. So you just hold on to him, let him be a big part of the season. And besides, by the trade deadline, I don't think the Bucks, the Buck, the trade deadline is going to be this year. Let me just well, week seven, right? In the week seven, or? week seven, yeah. yeah. Uh, Right before the Buffalo game, and I just don't think that the Bucks. Really, you don't want to go. Yeah, in wait. I don't. I think the Bucks sitting going in that Buffalo game are probably five hundred. Well, they're not. Gonna trade hmm. uh, the, the, they're, they're in contention for the division, even at five hundred at the midway point. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's strictly Glazers, you believe? Like it's just the Glazers, and and that's it. Yeah, I think again. Well, it's the Glazers and Jason Light. I mean, Jason. You know, he's like like the agent said, he's been professional and everything and said, hey, look at, you know, but at the same time, it could be the Glazers. They just dumped out a bunch of money, right? 42% of the of, of the cap space is eaten up by players who aren't even going to be on the team. Doug right. broke that number down. Like our comment says right there. Yeah. 42% of the cap space is eaten up by guys who won't play for this team this year. That's, wow. a and that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. 13 rookies, six undrafted free agents. You got your they're trying to pay the credit card bill down this year. 
So, you know, the Blazers, do they want to spend that money? I, I broke this down in the article, too, why they could be hesitant. Um, first of all, they shelled out big money for the last couple of years to go all in. They won a Super Bowl, so mission accomplished. But now it's time. Let's make some money, right? Let's make some of this money back. Another thing, too, on there is Ryan Jensen. You know, they, they shelled out big money to Ryan Jensen. Big money. Probably played his last down in the NFL. Not to mention Shaq Barrett. They played, paid big money for him. Um, they just had to restructure it, and now there's a huge dead cap at the next two years as well. Um, if they move on from him, and it's going to be taking up that cap space. So, you know, and he missed eight games last year or nine games last year, um, you know, with the Achilles injury. So, big money contracts have bit them. And, and again, like we talked about at the top of the hour, they have Jason has made the the strategic move to let these guys test free agency, and they've come back because a they love. Tampa, they love not paying sales tax. They love Coach Bowles. They love the city, and you know they're not going to get more. And if they are getting more comparable, remember the, their signing bonuses are based off taxed off Tampa, right? Because it's in Florida. Any anytime they go to a go play, so they play San Francisco this year. They play in Buffalo. They're paying New York taxes and California taxes on those game checks. So that's one reason why players love being restructured too. Like you don't have to ask them most. No one on the Bucks has, has it in their contracts. So they need to be approached. So when they restructure Shaq's Barrett, all they're doing is taking a bunch of his salary, turning it into a signing bonus that's going to get taxed in Florida, and he won't have to deal with his minimum salary for those or his game checks are going to be taxed crazy, but his his bonus doesn't get. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that plays into the role. A lot of people don't realize that. Um and it's another aspect of why some of these guys will sign back here. But yeah, I, I it's just a, it's just a contract terms. It's the years and the amount. They're just too far off right now. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. 17% is is a is a son of a bitch. <laughs> you go you go to New York or California, you're paying 17% of your money for nothing. <laughs> That's a large amount. We've right. seen that in a lot of sports over the years now. Carlos Correa this year, he he had his couple of teams uh he ended up backing out of a deal in san fran to go to minnesota and then um in the nba we've been seeing that as well nfl you've been seeing that as well i mean it's just a no-brainer for a lot of these kids and uh you know guys who are trying to make as much money possible they got a lot of uh people to support in their lives they're gonna take every dollar they can and um if you could get 20 million a year if you're chris godwin in tampa sure you might be able to get 20.5 or 21 million in new york or something but at the end of the day it's dollars and cents and um it's really just uncomparable that's why florida's doing so great and that's part of the reason why everybody is uh moving to florida as well, yeah, well we, got, we got all these guys from Boston just moving down here and taking everything over. You know, what <laughs> just to get Boston, hey, just to get this fault. out of the way, uh, JC, because a lot of people are confused about the uh, how the restructures structure contract works. All right, last thing on Evans, then we got to move on. That. I love Evans, but um, yeah, we've been almost an hour on Evans now. So, last Evans question, and then we got it. We do have a game this weekend, fellas. <laughs> Got you, got you. I just wanted I to clip away. 
Yeah, so you're asking as far as restructures, yeah. So pretty much what they do is they usually add void years. Players are not taking a pay cut. You, you go, there's a lot of uneducated fans, especially if you're on Facebook, uh, um, that don't realize that players are not getting taking pay cuts when they restructure. A lot exactly. of you'll hear oh, Mike Evans is taking a bunch of pay cuts to stay here. No, no, no. Mike Evans has gotten paid up front, which again yeah. means he's not paying taxes in those other states, he's just getting taxed at his home address in in uh tampa uh, so i mean it's one of Levante those things. a way better example of pay cuts yeah yeah uh, or yeah i mean uh, in a sense in, i mean levante in, got offered three to four more million in the free agency market i heard this uh off season and then but he ended up back in tampa that that's has taken a pay cut. that's a that's a personal choice you know at the right end of the day, yeah didn't come to him and say, Levante, if you want to stay with us, you need to take three million less. Well, yeah, Russell no Gage, one really does that around Russell the league. Gage is, is is the example of a pay cut. They told Russell Gage, hey, we're going to cut you or we'll, or we'll pay you $7 million and, and change up your contract. That's an example, more of an example of a pay cut. But let us move on, Tones, to game week. Let's go. Muy vete. Muy vete. Let's go. Let, let's be clear here, too. Um, if they're asking you to take a pay cut, your roster spot's probably in jeopardy. And uh, I think that's where they were at Russell Gage. I think they probably looked at him and said, you could either take less or you could probably be on the move. And, yeah, um, that's exactly right. Pay cut is different than getting paid more money elsewhere. So uh, Levante was offered more money elsewhere, different than a pay cut. And that's where we end up. We'll see if Mike Evans does that, but uh, we'll see. Let's move on here real quick. We had a near tragedy this week. Before we talk about the game, I just want to bring this up, uh, you know, and talk about it a little bit, not to get in where none of us are doctors here. None of us know what the hell's going on. We've heard conflicting reports. I mean, a news anchor in Buffalo sadly pronounced Mike Williams is dead a few days back. It seems like we've been hearing reports that he is uh, responding now. He's off of life support right now. And uh, mm. this is a guy who had a couple solid seasons in Tampa and was really just a guy who was exciting to watch out there. He made some great catches, and um, it, it was really a shame to see that he has to be in construction now and really – um, not to be like that, but it, it's sad to see what these football players, some of them, the personal, uh, you know, ways they end up in. I mean, if you're an NFL wide receiver and you end up working construction, God bless. I, it's just a shame to see some of them could be managing money a little better. But we love you, Will. We hope you fight. We hope you hang in there, and uh, we hope you pull through. JC, uh, I know you're – Probably not too tied in with the Mike Williams situation, but uh, anything you could chime in on that behalf would be greatly yeah. appreciated. Just what Rick Stroud has reported that, you know, he is on life support in ICU. I don't have any updates as of right now. Um, you know, uh, reading Rick Stroud's latest article, he, he said that his daughter came in the room. Um, he kind of opened his eyes, but he couldn't really move anything or anything like that. So we'll see. Um it looks like he's kind of responsive, was responsive to their voices at least, but it's one of those things where we really don't know what's going to happen. So I don't like to speculate um, mm -hmm. if there's going to be any, you know, recovery for him, lasting damage. I can say, um, you know, according to reports, it doesn't look great, but I, I don't know enough to speak on that situation. 
Just a shame to go around regardless of what happens. Hopefully he pulls through, but JC's right. We don't really know what's going on, as I alluded to. No one knows what the hell is going on. It was reported an incorrect thing a couple days ago. Now we know he's trying to battle. We'll see what ultimately ends up happening. Bucko, J-Lo, Stunna, Huncho, your guys' thoughts quick on the M-Will tragic situation that's at hand. Well, Tones, I work at a hospital. I work in the medical field. And the fact from what I saw, the recent report, that he's off life support and he's being responsive, that's impressive. That means he's progressing. I don't know how physically he is, but if he's mentally progressing, being on on life support, that means Walter good stuff. Which means that he survived. I'm I'm just speculating. I'm not making any reports. But from what I saw in the report that he was taking on life support and he's responsive, to me, as a medical profession, that means he is progressing. And thank goodness, because we lost enough already. And thank God, and the fact I have two daughters, you already know, mm-hmm. for them to come in and see him the way he is, and he show a tear, that to me is fighting. He's fighting. He's trying everything he can to get back wherever condition he can get back in. That, to me, is a warrior. I don't care what anybody says. He was in a freak accident, unfortunately. And the fact that he is fighting and he's still alive, God bless him and the family. Yep, the power of prayer. We we got to keep doing it towards them, Will. And as you said, God bless. And uh just Amen. sad to see. Bucko, uh, any thoughts on the situation, the tragedy at hand? I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, you, you hate to have, what, four or five years of uh, no conversation regarding them, uh, a career of what, what would have been, what should have been, you know what I mean, to to where my guys made, I think, JC, I think you're the one that, that put it in the uh, on Twitter that he's made north of $14 million in his career. And the guy's working a construction job and has an injury on the job site. Like that's, you know, what I'm saying, God bless the dude. God bless his family, health and happiness foremost. But man, uh, you just hate to see it. You hate to see these young men have strife and have struggle, and then tragedy. He's he's 36 years old. He should not be fighting for his life because of a construction site injury. You know what I'm saying? So God bless him. I hope he's okay. He he gave me some great years with the Bucks. Um, I'm sad for the situation, but at the same time, man, we really need to we really need to look out for these young players and make sure that they're given the proper guidance where they don't end up, you know, eight years after they finish playing football working construction. You know what I'm saying? So I agree with that. I mean, really sad to see, and um, you know, even if you put 1.5 i know it sounds easy but if you put one and a half to two million of that even to the side or in hands you trust uh man just a game of what ifs and i i can't speculate but it's just a shame just a shame uh stun a season ticket holder you are good mike williams memories i'm sure any thoughts on the situation at hand brother the tragic one that is i just remember man he was like all we had him and Legarrette blunt and uh caveman game yeah yeah mike williams i mean 
Crazy. I, I remember his first career touchdown against the Browns week one. We haven't won a week one home opener in forever. We won that week against the Browns. Um, Will had that tiptoe touchdown in the back of the end zone. Huncho, wrap up the Mike Will convo, brother. Last thought to Mike Will. Man, it's sad, tragic, man. I'm glad that he's shaking back and he's bouncing back. I mean, he was one of my favorite players. I love the wide receiver position, but he was one of my favorite players. While he was down here with those those toes, I like the way that he got him in bounds, man. And um, it's just sad, man, because we watched him excel and then how his career kind of deploded down and how he went to um, partying and doing all that. I mean, nevertheless, man, I just wish that he had a little more guidance to help him manage his um his career a little better so mm. certain things could be avoided. I mean, that has nothing to do really with what happened, but just just it's sad, man, all around the board. And I'm just prayerful. I'm just thankful that he he's at least responsive and um he's getting better, man. And I uh just wish him the best and his family. Couldn't agree more. I think everybody said some great things, beautiful things about Mike Williams and as a whole podcast, we do put our um, hands together and pray for M. Will as it, uh, you know, just sad to see, just very sad to see. And uh, we, we hope Mike Williams does end up pulling through. We'll keep you guys updated if we hear anything um, on our Twitter at Bucketeers. But, yeah, it, we always retweet the big wigs like JC and Stroud. So we, we'll be sure to hear something and we'll say something. About Mike Williams. Gentlemen, I know we have a lot of crazy talk. Mike and Mike, Mike Williams, Mike Evans, we're 55 minutes in, and we've barely sniffed the week one matchup that's at hand. I mean, how do, we we, had, we didn't have news for a couple months or weeks of the offseason, it felt like, and then all of a sudden, right before the regular season, Rick Stroud puts out the 10 p.m. Eastern story on the Mike Evans contract. Then we get the Mike Williams development. Just crazy stuff right before the regular season. But football's a world that never sleeps, gentlemen. We're not sleeping this weekend as we got the Vikings as we head to Minnesota. I've been offered so many rides to this game, but I got a lot of Bucks games on the schedule. I have four already this year. I couldn't make this one work in the schedule. I'd love to be there, fellas, but nonetheless, let's get right into it. Player to look out for on Minnesota. Bucko outside of Justin Jefferson, obviously. They've lost Delvin Cook. Adam Thielen's gone. I'm going to ask each of you cats a different Vikings question. Bucko, who's your Vikings guy to look out for? It's not even Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is number two. TJ Hawkinson is the main centrifugal focus that we need to be game planning for. We were what? JC, help me out on this. You're a, you're a numbers guy. I think we were 30th. In the league last year against tight ends, uh, giving up hell of hell of you know unnecessary receptions at the seams. I really think a healthy Antoine Winfield and a Ryan Neal there uh, are going to benefit us. I think a focused Devin White getting deep enough in his drops is going to help us there. But T.J. Hawkinson is a special special tight end. We're going to pay the necessary attention to, to J.J. Of course. Now the rookie Addison. He, he looks like he could be good. K.J. Osborne has shown some flashes, but I'm not necessarily worried about those guys. Definitely not worried about their running game. Their offensive line was putrid last year, the worst in the league, gave up the most quarterback hits. I think they only averaged like three yards a carry, 3.2 yards a carry running the ball. So we're going to make them one-dimensional. I think they're going to voluntarily 
make themselves one-dimensional. So the only two guys that we really got to focus on, I think, is Jefferson and Hawkinson. If, if they beat us with K.J. Osborne and Addison, so be it. But T.J. Hawkinson is the main guy I'm worried about matchup-wise going into this game. Jeremy, next one will be for you. Bucko kind of alluded offensively to Minnesota. Does anyone on their defense scare you? I know they have new defensive coordinator Brian Flores under their belt. So he should be able to whip up some uh, packages of um, niceness on their defense's behalf. Hopefully week one isn't the time for that stuff. But Jeremy, if you're familiar at all with Minnesota's defense, any of those cats jump out to you at all on uh, the defensive side of the ball? Or are you not really worried about the Vikings defense in general? DB, safeties, linebackers, not at all. At the end of the day, they got a new defensive coordinator. Just said we got a new offensive coordinator. It go either way. The Vikings don't know what our offense really scheme like. If Mike hasn't played at all during the preseason, it's just been Baker and Brown playing play season three. So to me, I'd be more fearful of their offense. But as far as defense, no. Yeah, they got Daniel Hunter, who's a beast. I'm not taking nothing away from for him. But after that, who else they really got? Gonna and Davenport's up. banged up now. They have him, but he might not play, they said. And he don't scare me either. He does not. At nope. the end of the day, he does not. The only right. player I know by his defense is Daniel Hunter. Maybe maybe their safety. Yeah, Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith's yeah, still a problem. Harrison Smith. Yeah, he, he's day, still though, good. But by the end of the day, though, you got Mike and Chris, and to me, no one's talking about him. It's Kate Otten, who's a switch army knife, who ran a sweep in the third preseason game. And plus, don't sleep on Rashad White. Rashad White, I feel, is out on a mission to prove that he was the best back in that draft the year he got drafted. And I argue with anybody that wants to argue with me, I don't care. At the end of the day, my main focus is how is the new defense under Brian Flores, who we dominated when he was Miami, against our new offensive coordinator, Dave Canell? Me, right. let's see how good they really do against our offense. Right, we have Aaron Finney, Cody Mott. Either way, to me, they're the same. Because Finney's got experience playing the playoffs and all that. You got Cody Monitor, the rookie, so either way, it doesn't matter who starts on that right side. Even though I'm fearful of it, right. but by the end of the day, that's the real challenge. Ryan Flores with Dick Canellis. I the best man win. Mono Imano right there. Two new coordinators going at it. Flores has been in the head coaching gig before, so he probably is well aware how to handle coordinator duties. Huncho, real quick, uh, one thing you're looking out for against these Vikings um, on, on, their, on their end of the ball, whether it's offense, defense, uh, is it their playmakers? Is it their coaching? Is it their play calls? What, what What's uh, boating the biggest challenge for Minnesota? I mean, I'm not – I mean, let me just say this. I'm not really scared of they, uh, the, 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 their defense too much and – all their offense, everybody talking about Jay Jets. Yes, he's a threat and all that. But Carton locked him up last year. So, I mean, it is what it is. I know it's a new year, new scheme. I mean, new stuff. So, we'll see how that goes. But I, I'm just saying my big, biggest 
besides Jay Jets would be uh, the running back that they have over there. Uh, our run game has slipped off the last few years, so I want to see if we've actually get, gotten back to where we were in the past and if we can stop him and bottle him up and force them to be more so one-dimensional di and um, then, you know, pick him off and, and tie bold star blitzing, you know, and, and it could go up from there. But that's what I want to just make sure we can contain the running back also. Yeah, I agree. Alexander Madison's prime for a much bigger role. He looked effective in a backup role the past handful of seasons. We'll see if he's able to put it together in the starters role. Before we get to JC's big picture in the outlook on this week one game between Bucks and the Vikings, stun it real quick. Season ticket holder, you are. Do you enjoy the Bucks not being home till week two, or do you wish you got a piece of the Minnesota action week one right in front of you? No, I just get nostalgic thinking about all the years we we open our season up there, and you know we've always played up there early in the season. It seems so. Yeah, yeah, and our we've always had good young running back performances. Caddy, Doug Martin, hopefully, there you uh, go. There you Rashad go. can as well. Absolutely, and my player to look out for is going to be Kirk Cousins. You know that that's who I really uh, am worried about with him. He can dish it out to whoever's out there. You like that? Nope. Yeah, no, I don't like that. But um, weren't you right there when he yelled that? Weren't you right there? Yeah, that, that, that was in Washington, though. That, that wasn't here in Tampa. That was that was in D.C. He's talking about when uh, they played here the year we won the Super Bowl with Brady. Yeah, Stunna and Kirk Cousins got into an altercation. I couldn't remember when. But, um, yeah, Stunna went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Kirk, so that's awesome to hear. J.C., long-awaited, finally, J.C. is back on the mic. Um, brother, kind of just, I guess, throw it at us. What's J.C.'s thoughts on the game? How do you see us faring? And uh, what, any big things to look out for on Minnesota side of the ball? But kind of just give us your uh, game day analysis for the big week one, one o'clock Eastern kickoff of Bucks Vikings. And that'll be on CBS. It's a little different this year. I'll get into that quick. No more brand supremacy, which by that means Fox doesn't have NFC and CBS doesn't have AFC anymore. It's kind of a mixed bag. Bucks could be in CBS or Fox any given week. And additionally, we're on CBS with Matt Ryan announcing his first career game ever with Catalan and Lofton in the booth as well, I believe. So uh, it, it'll be – no, it's uh, Tiki Barber, uh, Catalan, and Matt Ryan. They reshuffled the crew with Matt Ryan. But that's just a little info. 1 o'clock Eastern, CBS with Matt Ryan. JC, thoughts on the whole game, brother? Well, let me talk to you. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think this is a game where when you look at it and you look at both sides and everyone else did a great job of mentioning some points I'm gonna I'm gonna point out as well. When you look at it, um, it's not one on the schedule where you're like, well, that's a win or well, that's a loss. It, it's one of the it, there's a lot of questions around it, and that's why Vegas has dropped down the, the number um significantly, giving the home team a little bit more of an advantage. But you know, there are on, on both sides of the ball for each of these teams, there are big changes, right? On the offensive side, we all know about Dave Canales, the offense he's bringing. Um, and then on the defensive side for the Vikings, Brian Flores comes in. He's bringing that attacking, disguising defense. Um, but there's a lot of young players expected to be in starting roles for both of these teams. The Bucks have 
you know, you, you look up and down the depth chart, it's Rashad White, Sean Tucker, you know, two second-year players on that position going to have big roles. The tight ends with Kada and Nicole Keefe. Uh, the wide receivers with Trey Palmer, Raheem Jarrett, the offensive line with Luke Gedeke and Cody Mock. These are some young players who are going to be asked to be stepping up into big roles. And the same thing is happening over on that defensive side of the ball for um, for Brian Flores and the Vikings. They got Brian Asamoah stepping into the starting role, vacated by Eric Kendricks, who was there for years. Great linebacker. Caleb Evans. Cameron Bynum's been in the league for a couple of years, but he's making that switch uh, he's been making that switch from cornerback to free safety. Lewis Seen uh, is also there. So Ivan Pace Jr. Um, could get some run at linebacker, undrafted free agent out of Cincinnati. So there's a lot of young guys on this team that are going to be asked to step up and make plays for, on the defensive side of the ball for the Minnesota Vikings. And I think when you look at it, you can go back and study all the way back to New England what a Brian Flores defense looks like. There's tape on a Brian Flores defense. There might not be as much tape on these guys that, that these young guys are going to stepping up, but you know what he's going to run. This Dave Canales offense, there's no tape on it. There's some vanilla stuff in the preseason, but we know it's going to be a version of that West Coast wide mid-zone run, run style. They're going to want to run the ball down your throat. That's going to be this team's identity that they're trying to uh, temp, but he's going to draw back from everyone he's been around, and that's Brian Schottenheimer, Daryl Bevel, Pete Carroll. He's going to have some different things in there that no one's seen yet, and I think that gives this Bucks offense an advantage against a young defense that's um, you know had a training camp to put it together. You look at both of these teams have had the same amount of time to implement their offense and defense, but I think that plays into the Bucks' favor um, because. It, it's it's hard as a defense because you don't know what's coming. You got to prep for it, and with no tape on it, it's even harder. So I think that gives this Bucks team a leg up. Now on offense, uh, I think the Vikings are scary. They they went thirteen and four last year. Their offense carried them. Their defense was atrocious, bottom of the league. Their run defense was awful as well. Um, you know their running game on offense wasn't that great, but I think they feel like. Uh, with Alexander Madison, they'll get a little bit more of a boost than that there. He's kind of like your every man's running back. He's not, you know, he's not the dual threat that Dalvin Cook was, but he's a hard-nosed runner who can turn out those those tough yards when you need him to. They got Justin Jefferson, who's, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league. And then some very underrated pieces, too. DJ Hawkinson got paid, reset the market, but I still feel like he doesn't get enough love. And he's not mentioning that top echelon with the – Daryl, uh, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mike Andrews. I think he's left out of that conversation a lot, and he, he brings a lot. But we got a tight end eraser on, on this Bucks team that we've seen do it year in and year out, including against some of the top guys in Kelsey and Kittle in Levante. David, Devin White is taking a big step in coverage. Let's see if that pays off. It's going to be something to watch for sure. Um, how he handles Hawkinson. But outside of that, KJ Osborne is very underrated wide receiver. He can do everything. He plays outside. He plays in the slot. He's good. He's good in run. Um, he's good in the run scheme as well as a blocker. Um, and Jordan Addison came. One of the things was him coming out of college is his proficiency as a route runner. Um, so you have to respect him as well. Luckily, though, we're going to talk about the Bucks defense going up there. They've got two shutdown corners that don't get any level of respect. Down some of the best corner uh, wide receivers in their prime in the league. We're talking about Nuck. We're talking about Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase last year. It's going to be another day for him uh, against Justin Jefferson. 
And Jamal Dean too is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He's the he's probably he's finished out grading wise per PFF as a top three cornerback the last three years, only behind Jalen Ramsey and Jair Alexander. Pretty rare company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to talk to, and he's probably one of the best, if not the best, cornerback and press man coverage there is in the NFL. Um, he's physical. He disrupts guys off the line of scrimmage, and if somehow they get behind him, he's only got four three speed to catch back up to him and, and make plays. The knock on those two guys is they have stone hands. They can't catch a ball if it hits them in their chest. Or they Not at all. Not at all. So that's the biggest knock on them, but they are true shutdown cornerbacks, and, and um, you know, it, they're going to give Justin Jefferson a problem. You, you can't let everybody else beat you is what the Bucks need to do. And to contain Jefferson and, and make sure that they're playing within their assignments um, to make sure everyone else is going to beat you. I think Antoine Winfield Jr. is fired up to go play against Minnesota at home where his dad played, where he went to college, Ryan Neal. Chemistry between them has been out out of this world so far. They just clicked immediately. I think the Bucs have a chance to have one of the best secondaries in the league if everyone stays healthy. That's a big if because haven't stayed healthy. All all four of these guys missed time last year due to injuries. So, um, But I think going into this team, you know, a seasoned defense um, usually starts off a little bit hotter than the offenses will. Um, and I think this Bucks defense is seasoned. Uh, they're going to help carry this this Bucks um, offense as they kind of mm-hmm. get up to their feet for the first couple weeks of this season. And you know, you could say the same thing about maybe Minnesota being the defense to get off to a hotter start. But with so many young players with such a new system that that has so it's it's a complicated system like bowl system. You know, they're moving guys around, disguising, doing different things. I feel like there can be some exploitations the Bucks can take take on offense again with with a team that has no tape on what they're going to do. So that's my rundown. I can give you my keys a little bit later to victory, but that's kind of my rundown on what what both of these teams look like and why I feel comfortable picking the Bucks to win this game. And we'll get into that later, sure. No doubt, dude. Hey, a lot of you guys are parlay guys. That the over on this game and Bucks plus six is probably the easiest bets this weekend. Uh, but uh, I want to touch on something real quick. If I jumped in front of someone, forgive me. But, JC, you alluded to something that I think is very, very important. If you look at our defense last year versus the prior two, we were very, very much less aggressive. We were very zone-friendly, safe coverage-friendly, no press man, no no over overload blitzes that we become accustomed to under bowls. And I think – Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of it has to do is he did not trust Leftwich in the offense, especially with the amount of three and outs we had, the lack of running game, the lack of clock control, things of that nature. He didn't want to risk too much. That do you, was, do, go ahead. I was going to say that, and it was a secondary, too. When you got guys like Keanu right. Neal back there, guys right. like Ryan, Sean Murphy, Bunting, guys that he don't really trust right. to consistently make plays. He trusts his cornerbacks and he loves these safeties. He trusts these guys. They're going to put them in crazy. There's going to be a lot of crazy, like, disguises and, and things. We've seen there, there it is. Coverage. We've seen, you know, a bunch of different. Um, we've seen Levante David line up as a linebacker. If these guys stay healthy, ooh, Todd Bowles got some toys to play with this year. And, and, and that, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that maybe because Canales is his handpicked guy, he situationally. You know, uh, philosophy. You know, philosophy-wise, agrees with Todd Bowles. He can take his mind off the offensive side of the football and get back to 
It's a Todd Bowles running this defense, and, and we'd be more aggressive. It's a be, wait. You got to see it, right? It all sounds right. good on paper. Um, if it, you know, the the one thing there is, he's going to be open to listening, uh, and he's going to be open to changes. You know, that's where that's where Byron kind of failed. Um, that's right. so predicated on having just guys go up there, and you've heard, you know, Coach Canals uh, allude to it. Mano, we mano, talent versus talent. That's that doesn't help anybody. Um, you've got to be able to scheme guys open, which is why I asked Byron Leftwich the last two seasons before last. You know, what is the concentrated effort to scheme guys open? And they do that every year, every game. Well, you didn't see it, right? You just said go out there, run your routes, and and do it. So we're going to see a lot of that, a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of confusion on that offense where they're going to line up in one play, and from that play depending on what the defense is, they'll be able to check into six or seven different plays just out of that look, even if they're in 12 personnel, uh, which is two tight ends in the field. So there's a lot of different things they can do out of this offense, a lot of movement. They trust their running backs. If they need to, if they want to go to an empty backfield, they trust that they can put their running backs in the slot on the outside and make plays that way too. So, you know, I, I think if everything goes to plan, again, Tony uh, Moritz, not to skip ahead of you, that O-line uh, is the concern, right? How do they do? How are they able to hold up? This is going to be a huge test for Luke Gedeke. Um, Obviously, we're on. We're awaiting Cody Mock. I know, you know, he's hoping that he can play, um, but, you know, back injuries and tightness. Uh, Real quick, Cancy and Mock. What are their odds since you brought up Mock, uh, JC? What, what's going on with those two cats? You think we see one, none, or either of them on Sunday? Uh, I think we see a can't see. It's not going to be as a starting role. I see it as a rotational role, especially in like third down packages. Um, if we see Mock, um, that means he's feeling good. He's a true game time decision. I know usually if a guy doesn't practice on Friday, then they're out. But uh, just you know, kind of speaking to him, he's hopeful to go. Um, it's going to be a true game time decision with Mock. And if they don't, uh, like I reported earlier, it's going to be Stinney going in over Leverett. Um, so they'll have Stinney going You go were in first and- on that, by the way. You beat some others out there. You were first on that. You know, you know I do what I do. I could do it for TV. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I was saying, so he'll be a true game time decision. Anthony Nelson's going to be a game time decision as well, which, you know, you want Anthony Nelson to play, but kind of at the same time, I'm like, well, if Anthony doesn't play, that means Yaya. I want to see Yaya. Yeah, let me see Yaya. Yaya, Yaya, Yaya. Let's go. So it's one of those things where, like, hopefully Anthony Nelson plays. But just to finish up my thoughts on the offensive line, it's like this is a huge test for Luke Gedeke. Daniil Hunter can beat you in a variety of ways. His hand technique is one of the best in the game. He's got a nasty bull rush. He knows how to set up uh, offensive linemen to use different moves later in the game. Um, So it's going to be a huge test. I expect a lot of 12 personnel keeping Otten or Keith or even Dave Wells over there, whoever's going to be that number two tight end up to help chip and block. Uh, as, as well as running backs, chipping before they dip out, chipping before they dip in, um, and uh, just trying to keep him at bay, especially if Marcus Davenport can't go or is hobbled with that ankle injury. You got to stop Daniel Hunter. So this is a real big test for Luke Gedeke, and, and I'm really – that's one of the biggest – that's one of the biggest matchups that I'm looking for um, all game long. Jet, Jet is going to get hits here and there. You can't stop them all game. But I won't really want to – same thing with Daniil Hunter, but I want to see how Luke Gedeke performs when he does get beat because last year, you know, and he, even he talked about it, he can get into his head um, if, if he gets beat and it can start kind of building and snowballing 
he, he's worked on having more of a goldfish mind, him and Tristan talking to the sports council that they have there, trying to move on from that type of negative thoughts, and move, and which is commendable to them, too. Talking about mental health is huge. So I, I'm really excited to see him. Now, JC, let me ask you this. Compared to last year, how do you feel about the depth of the pass rushers and the O-line from last year? Because to me, I feel like we improved in that between the draft, bringing back veterans. I feel like we got a much stronger depth at O-line in the past rushers than we have in the last couple of years. You tell me. I'll agree with you on an asterisk there. I think the uh, edge rushers, certainly you got Jose Ramirez on the practice squad as well. I think he's going to continue to do good things as soon, you know, now that he's healthy and can kind of show what they can do. Um, offensive line, interior depth. I, I love it. I, I, you know, having, you know, Stinney gets a bad rap and he's not good anywhere, but pretty much right guard. Uh, so if you got to play him somewhere else, good luck. Um, he's not very versatile, but I love what Nick Leverett can bring. Um, I think Brandon Walton can play, guard better than you play tackle because tackle is where tackle is what makes me nervous there if they lose one of these guys having to throw brandon walton or justin school i'm not comfortable as a bucks fan having to start either one of these guys for an extended period of time um so the depth there definitely would make me nervous um and then secondary depth is the other spot same thing with wide receiver i think secondary depth wide receiver um, even tight end to an extent, if Kate on goes down, like uh, it, it's, it's tough sledding from there. So if, if one of these water, if one of these sec- wide receivers go down, like they're going to have to make a move and try to do something. They only have David Moore as a veteran on the practice squad. I don't think you can trust Cephas Johnson to give you much, uh, mm-hmm. you know, same thing with Ryan Miller, who's making, still making that conversion from tight end to wide receiver. They like him and want to develop him, but they don't have any in case, you know, emergency happens. You can call these guys up like they have the last few seasons. At in the secondary, whew, Zion McCollum has improved. He's playing faster, freer, but he's still a work in progress at t- in, in tackling. Uh, that would, yeah. And then D Delaney is your first man up off the bench across the board, and he's he's a jack of all trades. He's good at none, but okay at some. You know, like so he's gonna give. He's not gonna. He's not going to be Ryan Gosling and remember the Titans out there, but he's going, you know, he's he, he's not going to be great either if you lose any of these guys. And after that, there's just a complete question mark. You know, Christian Izian behind him, if he's falters there at nickel, they're going to have to put D there, and then the depth really takes a takes a toll. So depth is the biggest thing that that scares me if I'm a Bucks fan due to injuries. I think Baker's the quarterback position scares me way less and same thing with Todd Bowles coaching decisions I think as a player you get better every year as a coach you get better every year and he's got some guys on that staff that have been there done that that can help him make some decisions you know during game time especially even Dave Canales who was in the booth for so long um, up in the sky and, and and was part of those decision making as well so I think that scares me less than than depth at those key positions if injuries do strike yeah, great stuff there, JC and Jeremy. Once again, you guys are tuned into the Bucketeers podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and you can catch a replay on Google, Spotify, Apple, so much more as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Bucketeers, Instagram, Bucketeers Pod. We're with Sports Illustrated's SI Game Day, Bucks Game Day, JC Allen, the man, the myth, the legend himself, and we're with lifelong Bucks fan and listener of the program, friend of the programs, J Lo in the house as well. So. 
We're going to get into our dinks and dives as we get into score predictions, MVPs, and then JC's journey in our wrap-up here to end it. But just want to address a couple comments quick. Our man, Mike D, said, hey, guys, Mike, first of all, I was about to put an Amber Alert out for you. Haven't seen your comments. You used to be the man of the hour. You used to be here every show making all these comments, Mike D. You went somewhere, buddy. It's been weeks. It's been months. Now you're back. I'm just messing with you, Mike. I love you. Glad to have you back. Canadian's fine, or Canada's finest, uh, <laughs> the biggest Canadian fan of the Bucketeers, Mike D. And he said, what happened to Mike Williams? If you haven't heard, Mike, some tragedy struck as uh, former Bucks, Bills, Syracuse wide receiver Mike Williams was working at a construction site. He got struck in the head by an object, and he's on life support. Uh, there's been conflicting reports of him being awful life support. Now him still on it, so we're not going to speculate. But Mike Williams battling for his life. A reporter reported him passing away. He did not pass away yet, according to Stroud and some others. So we'll keep you posted on that. But Mike Williams and his family could use all the prayers that we can get. Herb McLean, what's up, guys? Bucks don't stop. What up, Herb? How the hell are you, brother? Welcome to Friday night. All due respect to Mike D, but you got a guy named Herb in the chat group. Herb, what's up, brother? I love it. Let's go. Herb Wait, Miller. You got, hold on. Yeah, Herb Miller. There we go. That's a, or Lola Herb. Uh, Herb Miller, though, former, former ladder, um, you know, former familiar face. But, um, yeah, don't hate on Mike D, bucko. I can't believe that. Jesus. Mike D says been a rough sir, sir, sir. I clearly said all respect to Mike D, but the, a dude named Herb gets love from me. I'm sorry. One of the greatest no, names uh, ever. No, I Her, read Herb, Herb, whatever. Mike little, D, little though. Herb uh, in the house. Yeah, real quick. Uh, my thoughts and prayers go to Mike D, and um, terrible oh, news terrible. is his pops has been lost. Life is fragile. Life is tragic, and uh, it really comes, uh, it, it's it's tragic. That's all I can really say. So on behalf of the Bucketeers, Mike, we're sorry about your pops. And uh, it's one of those things that's terrible in life. And uh, no one, every life lost is one life too many. That's how I view it. So uh, we hope that um, you're, you know, coping the best you can, buddy. And uh, we're here with you. No need to thank us, buddy. We love you. Uh, you're a great friend of the programs. And uh Stay strong to our favorite Canadian out there and rest in peace to your pops. Ready for 10 wins this season? Hey, if Herb's ready for 10 wins, let's go ahead and give our score predictions and player of the game predictions. As I think Huncho, uh, you know, it's, it's getting to payroll territory. I think Huncho bounced out and said, I, I ain't doing this for free. But real quick, too, somebody mentioned a great point saying Bucks DBs don't have great hands. Um, in the last segment, I remember a story. JC Sean, Sean Murphy Bunting was on um, with uh, Casey Phillips last year on the Monday after the Bucks game when they do that. Uh, I forget what it's called on uh, WDAE and Buccaneers Radio, but they always have a player or coach on the day after a game. And Sean Murphy Bunting pretty much said, "Hey, look, me and Mike Edwards could track balls and catch him well because we grew up playing baseball." Whereas guys like Carlton G Dean and Jamel Davis, or uh, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis grew up, um, they they didn't have a knack to find the ball. And uh, SMB kind of 
related baseball to that fact. JC, I don't know if you uh, believe that or not, but uh, that was SMB's theory that they're able to track the ball and come down with it a little better. Him and Mike Edwards were. Well, um, I guess it didn't work too well because now neither of them are here, and Mike Edwards <laughs> only played a handful of snaps last night. But uh, any thoughts on that theory? Uh, no, because um, th- I don't think Jamel and Carlton have a problem tracking the ball because you remember Carlton Davis, you know, prior to last season had the most pass deflections since coming into the league. You just can't catch the ball. You can knock him away. You know, you can find the ball. You just can't catch him. And, and I think Jamel Dean just, you know, he's another one of those guys. High pass deflection just doesn't doesn't catch it. I don't know if it has anything to do with, with yeah. baseball. It's an interesting point. I'd like to see more research on that. But um yeah i guess i'll take tom murphy blending at it as his word or he could have just been trolling him i didn't hear the context of the interview but it's just you know that's why cornerbacks play play cornerback and not wide receiver because they can't catch the ball <laughs> if they could catch it'd be running playing field. wide receiver or running back probably right because uh yeah. you know then then they'd have some hands as a pass catcher back or wide out but uh not the case all right fellas Score and player of the game prediction. We already got Mike throwing his at us, and I write these down over the year, and then we go over them at years end. So Mike says 26-14, player of the game. I need a new contract, Evans. <laughs> All right, that's, that's who Mike needs going with. Um, Huncho, we'll start with you. You've been in, out, all about, brother. Uh, before we lose you, score and player of the game prediction, sir, from you, Huncho. Uh, I'm going to say 28-21 Bucks, player of the game, Rashad White. I love that, man. Um, Rashad White for player of the game, 28-21 Bucks. Man, that'd be a beautiful thing as I have White in fantasy. And someone was relating to it earlier. I think you, Jeremy. I'm a big fan of his over in rushing yards. I think it sits at a lowly 44 or 44.5, somewhere around that. So, we're bringing you up, Jeremy. We'll stick with the player of the game and score prediction, brother. Let's hear it. Player of the game, I got to say Rashad White. I think he's going to run the ball really well and underestimate a lot of doubters out there. And I say Butts win by a field goal, 23-20. to 20, Butts over Vikings. And Kirk Cousins what? will not like that. He won't like that. That's for damn sure. Someone's it's so hard for me. What happened? <laughs> That's just, I was like, someone's been reading my stuff. <laughs> Ditto what Jeremy just said. <laughs> yeah, no, Jeremy Jeremy basically quoted JC's entire article. <laughs> I think JC uh, actually quoted Jeremy's entire saying from the past five seconds. No, but JC, I did actually <laughs> see you tweet that. Sorry, That's JC. funny. I, I was surfing through the Twitter. Uh, no, no need to apologize to JC. He pretty much told me before the show we could all plagiarize his work as much as yeah. we want and uh, forever moving forward. No, I'm kidding. But uh, nonetheless, so so far we got two Rashad Whites. We got a Mike Evans out there. Bucko, are yeah. you leaning offense as well? We're offense well, heavy right now. Uh, I'm, I'm actually thinking it's way more offense than what they have. Uh, precluded so far. And obviously, Rashard White is the low-hanging fruit with their weakness in their front seven. We should attract, uh, you know, attack the trenches in the run game. But I actually think a 12-reception, 120-yard game by Chris Godwin 
makes him the player of the game. I like that. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game 31-23 with a defensive touchdown. We will catch an interception, and we will return it for a score. 31-23 Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay plus six is the easiest bet of the opening weekend besides Washington versus Arizona, of course. But, I'm money lining uh, yeah. the fuck out of the Bucks. I'm money <laughs> lining them to the moon. To the moon. All right, Bucko. Yeah, just ignore me now, bro. Make me look like shit. Whatever. No, 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 no. There, there, there was some noise. One of the kids is refusing to bed. It's almost 11. They ain't in the bed yet, so I'm pissed. So I had to mute so you didn't hear the crying. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, bro. Well, that's because you know they were probably watching the Braves, or they were probably they're watching the they're watching the Bucketeers podcast. You know who can blame them? Yeah, you know they were watching my face for radio uh, spew on. Yeah, for that, that shit's scary, bro. That shit's scary. They say I learned from you, bro. I've been following you for 13 years now, and you haven't been. Um, well, yeah, we'll leave that for off air. Anyways. Um, <laughs> let's go with Stunna. Stunna play of the game prediction and score prediction, my good sir. Stunna. Oh dear, we might have lost Stunna. Um, Stunna. Hey, I don't blame the big guy. You know he's he's uh I I have faith he'll bounce back. Stunna, if you're out there somewhere, buddy, revert back to us eventually. If not. You probably hit the hay and uh, good night, but uh, great talking to you as always. (laughs) That was perfect, man. (laughs) Holy shit. JC, take it away. Yeah, so I'll just, you know, I'll I'll give a little extra. I'll go to my keys to the game. So uh, I think if the Buccaneers, I think the, the Buccaneers need to do two, three things to really have a chance to win this game. Uh, and if you want to get really in-depth into it, go check out my article at Bucks Game Day. Contain Justin Jefferson's first, right? Um, and I contain Justin Jefferson, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. I already talked about how I feel about them as cornerbacks. Um, if they can do that and try to make everybody else beat you, I think the Bucks have a really good shot at winning this game. Um, I think they need to control the line of scrimmage, both on offense and defense. Getting pushed in the run game is going to be critical as they try to establish the run first uh, themselves as a run first team. I think the offensive scheme will help them a lot, especially going up against a questionable front seven for that Minnesota Vikings. And on defense, you got to get the Kirk Cousins early and often. Uh, I think Bucko mentioned it. Kirk Cousins was pressured the most amount of times when he was sacked a career high 46 times last year. Uh, they've got some good tackles in Christian Darrison and Brian O'Neill, um, but they're going to have to get to him. Uh, they're going to have to get to him early and often. Um, and disrupt his passing game um, with with Joe Tryon, Shinka, Shaq Barrett, and, and the guys in the middle kind of funneling everything to the outside. Containing Madison is going to be big too um, as well. And the biggest thing is get off to a, hot, a quick start. You got to get off to a quick start. Um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing out there as far as tape-wise. Brian Flores is a very smart coach. He's going to make adjustments from what he sees um, as he sees – uh, things happening in the game, and they'll start to figure out what the Buccaneers' offense is going to do. So I think getting off to a hot start, uh, getting points on the board through the year, getting Chris Gowan and Mike Evans involved early, uh, moving the ball down the field, and then you can lean on that running game as well is going to be super, super um, important because you know you, you jump out to that early lead. Now you can lean on that run game even more, take minutes off the clock, and keep Dan- uh, Daniel Hunter at bay. And if they can do all those things, I think the Bucs can win this game. 
Still think it's going to be a close game. Um, I got them at 23-20. I did have Rashad White as my player of the game, but I'm going to also piggyback now off Bucko um, as well as my other guy who I think is going to have a ball-out game going up against second-year cornerback Caleb Evans who finished the year on IR. Chris Godwin should eat, 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 eat. They've got Byron Murphy over there who's probably going to see most of his time with the with the uh, with with Evans with some help over the top, um, but I think Godwin should eat this game. Uh, take him any way you can in D- DFS, uh, but I think Rashad White's going to have a hell of a game too. Um, twenty three twenty Bucks win. Yeah, I love that prediction. I guess Jeremy was reading your article twenty three twenty Rashad White, you know, and uh, the Kirk Cousins saying. Uh, Hans Pennyloaf said, you think the O-line is any chance of not being an embarrassment with Mock being injured? Uh, I think even with Mock injured, and I got called crazy for some of this, and I quote tweeted JC's tweet earlier, I'm actually very comfortable with the Bucks' offensive line depth. In fact of the matter, in terms of Stinney started at right guard during our Super Bowl run, I know he was hurt last year, and uh, you can't just jump back 100% right after an injury. It takes some stuff, but we could be way worse off there. Robert Hainsey, we could be way worse off at center. He had a whole season of experience starting at center last year. So usually your center goes down and your right guard goes down for week one, and you probably have a guy in unfamiliar territory. We just don't have that. And then, by the way, we still have Nick Leverett backing up the whole thing. Uh, wherever we need him, which is really a beautiful thing. And um, I'll always love Leverett as he was uh, my second career buck I ever interviewed, and he was just a tremendous guy as a UDFA rookie. And he's really just kept his same self over the years. So, um, you know, he's just an incredible guy, man. I had him as my second guy. Reed Sinet was my first guy. I, I talk to Nick all the time, like, yeah, we came up, you know. I was like an undrafted guy in the game, and now I'm over here, and you were an undrafted free agent, and now you're doing this. Well, like, I guess I'm the only one who, uh, well, I'm still undrafted. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but look, listen, guys, even though we still have questions on the offensive line, what better opponent to go against than a team that has only two guys to worry about and, and Harrison Phillips and Daniel Hunter. Those are, those are really the only two guys that you have to pay any attention to. Jordan Phillips is a fine coverage linebacker. He's a good tackler. He's not a splash play guy. He's not going to blitz often. It's really Harrison Phillips and Daniel Hunter. You got to contain two guys. I think we'll be fine no matter who plays. Yeah, and I think if they were playing the Eagles week one, you want to talk about being a week three is going to be hard enough and, and I'm, I'm supposed to go to that game i might not be able to go because apparently the season ticket holder the season ticket holder that was going to hook me up with the ticks apparently he's getting offered 400 plus uh per and I, you know he'd be dumb to turn down that money so i may I'm not like, be in attendance Eagles fan or a Bucks fan? Don't tell me Eagles fan. It is. Well, he's, I mean, it's going to be an Eagles fan paying that kind of money. Oh I, the, no, you know. If you look at the ticket pricing right now for Bucks Eagles, it is through the roof. It's insane. I'll be in attendance, but um, it ain't going to be cheap. And uh, I, I'm glad I got my X, Ys, and Zs taken care of ahead of time. Speaking of X, Ys, and Zs, I do think Bucks win 27 to 23 out there this Sunday. I have us winning. A four-point battle as Hunter Pennyloaf continues his 
rant on our offensive line uh, sometimes deserved. And, but then he throws in Davenport. Hasn't been good since 2021 exactly. Anyways, uh, 27-23 I'm going with. We have Rashad White, we have Mike Evans, and we have Chris Godwin as the three players of the game so far. You know what? How do guys like Godwin have a good game? How do guys like Evans have a good game? Baker. Bake, ladies and gentlemen. These guys need to bake. And how the hell do you bake? You get Baker Mayfield involved early. You get Baker Mayfield involved often. And his stat line might not be the most ludicrous thing in the world. But what you're going to get with Baker Mayfield and why I'm naming him my player of the game, you're going to get – a pocket of mobility, right? I love Tom Brady, obviously one of my favorite bucks ever, the best quarterback of all time. But he was a dead duck back there last year in the pocket. When the pressure caved, um, you know, that, that's all that happened. Hans Pennyloaf, have we been good since 2021? Last time I checked, we went 8 and 10 with Tom Brady last year. Well, the way you're talking, sir, you might as well just not hey. watch Sunday. So, hey, uh, come on now. Come on now. We're, yeah, we're not going to do that negativity. Around here. Ross, man. But hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick before you continue, let me interject right there, Tones, because I know we're all lifelong Bucks guys. JC, I know you're just a few years into this, but all of us to a T have us winning this game by a minimum of three, right? Yeah. How does Vegas? How does Vegas? How does the sports books have us plus six? I I can't for the life of me understand it. Are, are we homers? Are we are we blind to something or? Am I tripping here? Like, how are we no, plus six right there's now? No faith, there's no faith in, in Baker. There's no faith in Bowles. Um, there's no faith in the right side of the offensive line. Pretty much it. Those three things. And you know what else is it? No Vegas, faith in the team. Vegas likes their money, ladies and gentlemen. Vegas knows what they're doing to a T. They lay down a spread of Vikings minus six. America's going to jump all over the Vikings because they're going to think something's wrong with the Bucks. They're going to think that Tom Brady was the reason why the Bucks were in all these games. Although, if you watch last year, Brady might have been uh, some of the reason why we were in some of those. Obviously, he got us three to four wins at the end. Sure, but all I'm saying is Vegas loves money. They want America to bet the crap out of the Vikings. Eh, I think they're going to be um, doing pretty good come Sunday. Uh, so I think Las thing. Vegas has something behind it. They had it at seven. You know, everyone's jumping on the Vikings at seven. Now they drop it at six, and now people are like, oh, well, maybe the Bucks got something going on here too. So now they're covering their bases while people betting on the Bucks at minus six too. Vegas knows what they're doing. I want to be yeah. shocked if it goes up to six and a half or uh, seven potentially by the time right. Sunday hits. That's all I'm saying. But, ladies and gentlemen, we have a couple things left here. We got last words, uh, one big thing, and walk off. But before we get to those two last segments, I just want to get the finishing touches or anything JC wants to add on his fantastic journey to this point so far. JC, I know we talked about it in the beginning briefly and time and time again, but uh, just a little more intel or uh, what else is cooking for Bucks game day this season? Um you did fade out a little bit in the beginning when you were going over your three weekly articles that you were uh, going to come out with. You want to give us a little more intel once again on those and anything else that we might have discussed, sir? Yeah, absolutely. So three weekly articles I'll have out every Monday will be extra point. Um, I'll be breaking down my key takeaways from the prior game previously. Um, it'll be on Tuesdays if it's a Monday night game. 
And it'll be on Fridays if it's a Thursday night game. Things will change up like that. But um, anyways, so, yeah, so I'll have those every week. Last, this past week, we didn't have a, a game, so I put out my superlatives for the year, offense, defensive MVP. Um, I'll have um, through the spyglass, which is pretty much going to be a scouting report of the team, um, you know, the Bucks' history against them, where they were last year, where they are this year, players to watch on that team on offense and defense. I'll have my keys to Cannon Fire, which will be my three keys. Uh, to how the Bucks can win that game. So those will come out every week, appointment viewing. So make sure you guys are tuning in. Uh, those will be there every week for you guys to consume. Um, and then I think we're going to start a mailbag here soon as well, probably on Tuesdays. Uh, we got a podcast in the works coming up. We're going to be expanding our socials to IG and TikTok. we got a mm-hmm. lot of things coming up at Bucks Game Day. I'm really excited at. Um, you know, there was, uh, there was a lot of fun stuff I did at PR, but, you know, with that flex now there's a little bit more flexibility where I can kind of make things my own there um, where, you know, Scott does an amazing job with the stuff that he does, but those are his babies. He's been there for 28 years. He's the head honcho. He's got priorities. So now I can kind of do some of the things that I've wanted to do and make some, you know, some articles, appointment viewing and articles, my own that um, I've been wanting to do. And that I, I did do over at Bucks report when I first started. I so. was going to say nothing against Bucks report, but I feel like this is a uh, glorified Bucks report opportunity a little bit. Yeah. Hey, hey, we, we, we've come a long way from JC coming on, just started with Bucks report to PR. Now it's like JC, JC is ascending bro. And, and props to the guy JC. Cause I've given him a fuck ton of stuff. She's my language. I've given him a ton of, Flack for being a Boston carpetbagger and coming here and dealing with us assholes, and he's taking it in stride. He's not a very good fantasy player, but his articles are, are very <laughs> good. Uh, his, his takes are strong. I mean, I know he, he did his studio a little bit too heavy, so it messed with his Wi-Fi, so he, he was choppy in the beginning, but JC is the man. I respect him. I like his work. Y'all follow the guy. Uh, you know, all the props to you, man. Hey, much continued success, brother. Just that's some that's my damn it. point is I feel like he's, you know, in a more notable Bucks Report role, I should say. Bucks Report, JC brought us the audible. He brought us some of that great work. And not that he didn't bring it at Pewter Report, but I feel like we're going to get those freedoms back a little bit. But even yeah. more because it's, a, you know, sport, yeah, although you are covering yeah. the Bucks. You're on a national level, so it wasn't a slight at JC. It wasn't a slight at Bucks Report. My point is, we're going to get those freedoms and ideas back of the old JC that we. I mean, he was great at Pewter Report. Don't get me wrong, but we're going to get some of those OG originals back that we see right. from a couple years ago. Pretty much, and I'm excited about that too. So, I mean, that, that's that's the opportunity was there. Work for a national brand was there. I mean, you Google Bucks News and like, you know, my stories have been popping up as some of the top things. Number one stories on there. So it's been really kind of cool. Bro, JC was on my sleeper app, bro. JC made it, bro. JC was the quoted source on sleeper for a fantasy update. Beautiful. It's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited. We're going to be doing, um, if you guys want to do some pregame, postgame, and, and some halftime stuff, we'll be doing that on Twitter Spaces. Very underutilized spot right now. Um, fan engagement is awesome on there. JLo's been on there a few times, so he knows how fun that can be. Um, we'll be working on getting some players on there on their off days. Once we get the pot up, we'll have plenty of player interviews. Uh, that's some somewhere where I've kind of excelled the last couple of years is building relationships with a lot of guys in the building. Uh, so we'll have plenty of players on. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. We're just getting started. 
Bucks game day SI is only two years. They're going in their second season. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're just getting started and our numbers are outperforming most of the numbers of the guys around uh, the local guys. We've got the national audience locked down. I'm here to help try to build that local audience even more. So people know that, Hey, Bucks game day, sports illustrated, JC Allen, this is the place to go for your Bucks news. And, and I'm excited to be able to have that opportunity and do so. Yeah, and you got a great member of uh, the writer chapter of Tampa. The vice president of that is JC. So he's taking his great talents to Bucks game day as Olivia joins in with Wahoo. And uh, we have an announcement. This is going to be my big thing as we get around to Bucko and JLo then before we hit our walk-offs. But my big thing is uh, we're going to be doing something new this year on the Bucketeers, and we're going to be doing it every pregame every Sunday or if we have a Thursday or Monday we're going to be doing it as well it's going to be called the way too early pregame show on Sundays that'll be 8 a.m eastern time every Sunday you can catch us here 8 a.m eastern going over the latest and greatest the breakdowns of the game and uh, we want to be first on the air you know we want you guys who wake up early excited for game day we want you guys to have a place to go to listen to Bucks coverage and uh, listen to some Bucks talk. I know um, it really doesn't get going until 9 or 10 Eastern, depending on when the game starts in Tampa. So at least the 8 o'clock hour gives people an opportunity to tune in, really get ready for game day, and really get ready for Bucks games. And then when the games are on Monday or Thursday, we're going to be coming at you guys at 6 a.m. Eastern time when it's a Monday or Thursday. So we're going to be right in the thick of things. And again, it's an appropriate title. It's going to be called the way too early pregame show. And we're kicking off the way too early pregame show this week with the beautiful giveaway of our new starting right tackle, Luke Adecki sign mini helmet that says fire the cannons on it. And um, it's a United States bucks mini helmet. So that'll be pretty damn cool. And it'll come with pictures of him signing it in general as well so a couple of show updates there once again every sunday or every weekday when we have games in the week the way too early pregame show 8 a.m eastern sunday 6 a.m eastern during the week on game days for your first bucks hint of coverage j-lo one big thing walk off i always said breakfast with the bucketeers that's what i called it last year when stun or when uh bucko and i did the London game coverage, so yes, yes, that's not a bad choice either. But JLo, what say you, brother? One big thing and walk off before we get to our last word. For you watching, listen to the man here, Tones. The fact that he's committed to getting up early to give you butts content, much respect. The man knows his stuff, he's well connected, he's been nothing but great to any butts fan that watches right now. As far as my walk-up goes, I can't wait till Sunday. I'm going to be making ribs. Wow. Oh, yeah, I'm going to on the grill early. And that's one thing I miss about 1 o'clock games. You know, I like getting up early, cooking on the grill, get it going, instead of waiting like 4 or 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock games. But it's going to be a fun season, everybody. Might I get this contract? Okay. He's playing. He's still a Buccaneer. He's going to play the whole season. Let's play the season out. Let's go get this dub in Minnesota. Fuck Kirk Cousins. And fuck it. the Minnesota fan wants to hop in there. At the end of the day, how many reads they got compared to us? How many reads? 
Tell me. They don't got shit on us. Zero to mm-hmm. two. He has one playoff win, let alone a ring. The Minneapolis they Miracle. No, that was Case Keenum. That was Case Keenum. But, no, uh, say, I, I thought yeah. you said they only have one playoff no, win. No, no. Kirk himself only has one for his career. I'm sorry. So, I misheard you. I'm sorry. No, I shouldn't have butted in on this statement. That's my bad. My bad, Jerry. No, you good. You good. At the end of the day, it's all love here. Listen, I love my, I love my fellow Bucks fans, and I appreciate all the knowledge you provide me. I don't know everything, but I know one thing: I love my team. I'm gonna be your supporter from good or bad. We've been there before, but I'm confident this team will get it right, stay healthy, and. Make a playoff run. I'm not saying Super Bowl, but win the division. Fuck the Saints. Fuck all hype, whatever. They don't scare me. At the end of the day, the NFC does not scare me. And you know what? Come come down, Philadelphia. Come down. Come down. Come, Richard Sherman. Wow, you're calling through. out Philly, huh? Week come three is going to be fun on Monday night, man. That's going to be fun. With Rondé, because we retire Rondé. He, he joined the Hall of Fame officially that Monday. So and, Philly knows and, a lot about Rondé. Jalen just changed the age rating on this show in one statement. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 there was a whole bunch of fuckings going on there. Absolutely. No, but, no, no, but seriously, Tone, when you get to Tampa, hit us up. I got you. Just oh, for sure. Up. I'll be here. Yeah, Hans, we're not saying that, buddy. You're, you're, Hans. Hey, who, who is this German feller with his negativity? What? what what the hell's going on with this guy? Right? I mean, gee, what do you, okay, just don't walk Sunday, Hans. Pack your bag, Hans. Don't uh, pay any attention to Sunday. And just, um, you know, uh, again, this I said it at the beginning of the show. Unless you're a Cardinals fan, you be optimistic right now. Jeez, it's week one. This Fuck is sake, yeah. We, we have no depth, yeah. We're kind of in a retool and build on the fly situation. But, guy, hey, real quick, let me jump into my little segment. Because, yeah, Paco, give us your last uh, word uh, and give Hans your last word, too. It's a joy to be on with y'all. Tones, as you know, I'm one of the OGs of Bucks Twitter. Well before it was cool to be a Bucks fan. You know, I only have like 700 some followers because I piss people off, but that's cool. I don't need all that. But, uh you know, life being what it is, I got multiple kids playing sports. My my commitment to the pod is always there in spirit, but not able to be here often, so I'm glad to chop it up with you guys. Uh, one thing y'all need to understand is this dude Tones is putting in some effort, giving some love. The Way Too Early podcast is, appro- you know, is appropriately named because that's way too damn early for me. I won't <laughs> be here. Uh, but, got guys, I, I love chopping up with you. Listen, Bucks fans, even Hans, whatever the fuck, if you're even a Bucks fan, yes, we're paper thin in depth. Yes, the odds are stacked against us. No, we're not favored in any game. There's no reason to assume it's a lost season. We're not tanking for Caleb Williams because even if we lose as bad as you want us to lose, we're not worse than Arizona. We're not worse than the Rams. We're not worse than Vegas. We're not worse than Indy. Even at our worst, we can't even get a top four pick. So what the hell are you wanting to tank for? The NFC South sucks. Let's go out there and give it a go, man. Let's roll with it. Vibe with it. I, I am the most excited for this Tampa Bay season than I have been since Brady in 2020. I am ready yeah. for Buccaneer football. We have something to get behind. We have a GM in the front office and a structure that's trying to build consistent 
competitive football. Let's get behind this stuff and stop worrying about – I've seen eight people on Twitter today say, we don't sign Mike Evans, I'm leaving this team. Fuck you and the bus you rode in on. Sorry for cussing, but Jeremy opened it up. Shut up. Rock with the Bucks. Trust the system. Trust the process. It is going the right direction. We got great guys like JC, guys like Greg Allman. Uh, I'm not – no Stroud, none of them guys. But we have great guys here that provide us great content that come on these pods and give you great information. Rock with the team, man. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. And uh, I'll be back with you as soon as I can. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, Bucko. Love you as always, brother. Much love. The OG partner right there. Uh, you know, just always great talks with Bucko. Glad whenever Bucko could join on. Jeremy, any last word before we get to JC to wrap it all up and put a bow on this episode, brother? I love being a Bucks fan. I love my team. I'm here. Fuck the haters. Fuck the doubters. And fuck ESPN. And F1 Network with their whole gimmicks on how we're going to do. At the end, the real ones know who are real Bucks fans. I watch the real podcast between Bucketeers and any other podcast that this team is not going to be second to worst. They're going to be competitive. And at the end of the day, this team has got so much talent that I, I feel that we can win another division. Three years in a row. Let's go. Go Bucks. Yeah, and I'll give my theory as my final word before we get JC's final word in. This is why I think the division lines up perfectly. Carolina, they might have a good coach and staff, but they're way too young uh, to compete with their you know rookie quarterback and their young roster. So I, I think they're going to be lost this season. New Orleans, Dennis Allen is the worst damn sad sack of shit head coach in the world. As long as he's the head coach of anybody, they're not going to be a competitive team in the playoffs, that is. They might be able to compete in the regular season, but Dennis Allen's a joke. Elvin Kamara's suspension is looming. Michael Thomas can't stay healthy. Jimmy Graham's way over the hill. And let's be honest, Derek Carr couldn't produce last year with way better weapons around him. Jacobs was the best running back in the league last year. Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league last year. Hunter Renfro, just one year removed from being a pro bowler. Oh, and by the way, Darren Waller there as well. I'm not really too impressed with Derek Carr and the whole charisma of the Saints. I got the Bucks winning this division. Hans Penny Loaf is saying he doesn't have that much confidence this year. Well, the beautiful thing is, Hans, our division is presumably the worst in the league. So even if you're not the most confident chum in the world, you might as well put a little bit of dollars in that bucket and hope for the best. JC, take us home, brother. What say you, my man? Thanks so much for joining. It's been, what do they always say? It's a marathon, not a sprint. This has surely been a marathon, brother. And uh, I'm sorry for taking up so much of your Friday night, but bless you for being here. We appreciate it greatly. Not a problem. I owe you I owe you a lot, man. You've been there for me uh, multiple, multiple times. So appreciate everything you do. And anytime I can give up some time for you to, to join your podcast. I always have a blast on here anyways. So I've just been kind of working on an article in between stuff. So my apologies for popping off camera, but content's got to keep rolling, baby. Um, speaking of that content, uh, I will give you guys a little preview um of my article tomorrow should be dropping sometime in the morning Uh, it is my season predictions i have the bucks with a winning record and winning the nfc south stay tuned to see what wins and losses they're coming up with and what the final record's going to be um but I, i think there's a lot of reason to have hope um 
in this team. I think, um, you know, there are spots on the, on this team that are concerning the right side of the line, certainly the depth. Um, you know, I think Baker is, is obviously decision-making. Um, if he can just be that guy that Dave needs to be that point guard, that, you know, body blow, body blow, body blow, like he said, just be special this much and mm-hmm. deliver that haymaker at the opportune times when he needs to. I think there's a really great chance this Bucks team can compete. I don't think they light the world on fire at, by any means, but I don't think I think they can improve on their win total from last year and certainly finish with an um, with a winning record. Uh, again, I think you you look at this team and it's another situation where uh, Bulls was handed a short stick last year, handed a short stick this year. Again, forty two percent of that. That money is going to be going to players that aren't even going to play. Obviously, Russell Gage and Jensen happened. You know, Jensen was kind of touch and go along, and and Gage just a freak accident making a catch in joint practices. Um, but you know, he still hasn't had that opportunity to build the roster the way he wants to build it. And I, I think the the offensive system coming in is going to be huge uh, for putting guys in the right position, uh, making these. Um, you know, just kind of just a player-friendly offense at every spot, um, and I think I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Be this year's Seattle Seahawks, where they were ruled out after losing Russell Russell Wilson, and 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 be the um, you know just be be everything that the national media doesn't think they are. So um, I've got i'm an optimistic person i'm optimistic about this team being around the players being around the coaches everyone's bought in uh the culture the camaraderie is stronger than it's ever been so you know have faith bucks fans i think you're in for a surprising season um with with you know uh an nfc north uh, nfc south division title uh easily in the bucks grasp so should be a fun season buckle up start in two days yeah i can't wait jc so much thank you again brother and uh everybody if you're not following the fellas of sports illustrated for the bucks chapter starting with jc allen you're really missing out i've uh i, I started dipping my toes in uh, a little before jc got there and they had good stuff but now it's just next level and uh what jc's doing with those gentlemen over there is truly special so jc we look forward to talking to you early and often this season, brother, and uh, we're going to do your best to keep sharing your stuff and uh, keep getting your stuff because you are, uh, I, I don't say it lightly, I've had others on my show and uh, they've all been great guys. I talk to many of them on a pretty regular basis, but um, I'm not alone in the state of Illinois that says you are the best in the business for Bucks coverage, brother, so we appreciate it and uh I keep growing your chapter over here. I know we're not in Tampa. I know we're not in Florida, so it might not look as effective. But, man, we're probably 50 to 100 deep out here with J.C. Allen fans. So we appreciate it from afar. And uh, keep making a big difference out there. And uh, everybody's proud of you, your journey in general. And uh, your work's just incredible. So we, we really have a treat with you being in Tampa, brother. Appreciate keep kicking ass, man. Keep kicking ass, bro. You're killing it. All love for y'all. You know that. And uh, one last thing. Um, who who you got lined up for uh, your next Hell in a Cell match? If you have to pick real quick, JC, it, you could only match up against one of these guys in a Hell in a Cell. Who are you matching up against? Are you going to match up against Frank Reich, Art Smith, or Dennis Allen? 
Probably Dennis Allen. Probably Dennis <laughs> Allen. Probably Dennis Allen. Yeah, Arthur Smith. He's got a he's got a little weight to him, but I still still out and Frank Reich. I think he's he's just he's he's a dirty guy. But I, I'll go with Dennis Allen. Frank Reich ain't tougher than uh, the mouth of the, from the south at this point. I think uh, you know he's he's got some years behind him. I think uh, you'd be the Brock Lesnar, and he'd be more of the. Uh, who the hell was that old guy in NXT running the Authors of Pain? I forget his name, but nonetheless, fellas, uh, I, we could talk. Paul Heyman. No, there, no, there was an old guy that ran the Authors of Pain. They were a tag team in NXT. I forget the hell what his name, but oh, uh, yeah, guy. that's all he is. I don't know who he is. Yeah, but uh, that's interesting itself. Wrestling Authors of Pain might be coming back, but before we. Need to pay JC millions and millions for being here right now. Uh, we're going to let the fellas go. Everybody enjoy your Friday nights. I'm sorry to those wrestling fans. I probably made you miss SmackDown. I probably made you miss uh, Rampage if you guys watch that. But we got football back, and that's all that matters on a Friday is talking the sport we love best so fellas thanks again brothers cheers and uh we'll be talking soon go bucks fire the cannons follow jc allen everybody get his work in pay attention for his sneak peek tomorrow he gave us a sneak peek tonight of what he's got coming out tomorrow make sure you stay up with it jc thanks again brother always you gentlemen have a great night and uh as dx says if you don't get down with the bucks, we got two words for you. Fire the cannons. Oh, wait, that's three words. I'm sorry. You could say the other two as well if you want. But nonetheless, thanks, everybody. Great night. Go bucks. Fire the cannons. But you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there, bro. That, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. I played with Brock and anyone was there, and a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there too. Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little bit. No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs>